This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded. Welcome to The Relationship Show with Dr. Allison Nirenberg and friends, your radio destination for living room conversation about some of the challenges you may be experiencing in life. Exclusively presented by Psychological Counseling Services, PCS. The Relationship Show, where Dr. Allison Nirenberg will listen to your problems and provide some practical solutions. It's The Relationship Show with Dr. Allison Nirenberg and her friends Jeff and Joe, recording from the Jacob Media Studios. And a good welcome in, everyone, to another edition of The Relationship Show with Dr. Allison Nirenberg and friends. Week number two on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And I am proud to hand over the controls to Dr. Allison. Dr. Allison, the show's all yours. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Before I begin, I just want to take a moment and send some healing thoughts and love to those who've been impacted by the storm. Thank you. As we begin our show, I'm excited to be here and talking to you today. Um, you know, life happens. So I was going to do this show and bring in my husband, Jeff Nirenberg, as one of my friends, along with Joe Doc. You all met him last week when we did this show. But life happens. And he has had uh, kidney stones for the past uh, week, for the first time ever. And for those of you who've uh, passed a kidney stone or had kidney stones or have a loved one who had kidney stones, realize how truly painful that is. So that's impacted us in my my home. So my husband's been to uh, the urgent care center. He's been to the emergency room. He's been to the doctor. He was actually at the doctor again this morning. So he is not going to be there here with us today. And it's just me and Joe Doc and our wonderful guest who we have coming on. But I thought about it and I thought how interesting it is when one person in a relationship is sick how it alters the dynamic, it alters the power dynamic. So not only has he been suffering in excruciating pain, but you know, it's, it's been a lot more on me this past week. We have a younger son who is still at home. So I've had to do more of the parenting duties and household duties and keep, uh, keep everything, all the balls up in the air and keep everything afloat. And that made me really think about the power dynamics in a relationship. And that leads us to our topic today. That's my segue. We are talking about money, sex, and power, and how that impacts relationships. Research has shown that fights about money and sex are two of the leading causes for divorce. And for this show, one of the goals is to lower the divorce rate and keep less conflict in our relationships. So. I wanted to make sure we talked about this. Think about it in your own life. Do you and your partner fight about sex and money? Do you undervalue yourself or overvalue your partner? Often there's power imbalances in a relationship. And that happens naturally. It happens um, when it looks, you even look at a parent-child relationship. The parent has the power and it's often a good thing, it's a natural thing that a parent wants the best interest for his or her child. They want to help them educationally, they want to help them um, make healthy decisions. 
sometimes they can abuse that power, which isn't healthy. It also happens in the workplace. A boss has power. And it could be really a healthy dynamic where the boss wants to lead their employee in a positive way to making changes and to helping the organization get where they need to go. But also, a boss can abuse that power by taking advantage. And that happens often in the workplace, which makes me think of the whole Me Too movement that's been happening. You know, we, we look at all the imbalance of power that has happened in Hollywood. All you'd have to do is look at the Harvey Weinsteins of the world or Jeffrey Epstein's, and you see what happens when somebody who has a lot of power has abused that power, used their money, their influence, their title to try and get another person to be sexual with them. And a lot of times these men in power really took advantage of the women. And it wasn't until the Me Too movement where on a global level, the men were called out. This is not an acceptable dynamic. So what I want to talk about today is how do we change the dynamic when it's not healthy? In any relationship, there's times when one person may have the power more than another person. And how do you change that? We want to make sure that we, we keep our relationships feeling healthy and that if there is an imbalance in power, that can get corrected. Um, that makes me think about our next guest who's going to be coming on to the show. Her name is Deborah Kaplan. Um, I've known Deborah from an organization we both belong to. It's called the International Institute of Trauma and Addictions Professionals. And she's really well respected there. She does a lot of talks. And I thought, this is a power player. I want to get her on our show. And so I'm really excited that she's coming on. She is a former Wall Street trader turned therapist and author. And she has a lot to say about power dynamics in relationships and how money, sex, and power can work to keep people stuck or keep people moving. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's a great, first of all, it's, uh, it's, it's great to be here, Dr. Allison, and um, money, power, and sex. Um, there used to be a band in Philadelphia called The A's, and, and they used to have this song, Woman's Got the Power. So I don't normally have those fights because my wife has the power, and I just go along for the ride. <laughs> but I get what you're talking about, and yeah. uh, but really excited about today's show uh, and, and uh, you know, certainly being a, a married person for as long as I've been, uh, you know, there's obviously give and take, but those are two major uh, areas where people, you know, obviously have disputes, and uh, I'm excited for the show. I see it in my practice all the time. I see couples who are struggling where one person had more power and then they lost power. If they lost a job or if there was a health issue or if they just weren't feeling good about themselves. Yeah, and it's interesting because it, it does depend, obviously, on the dynamic uh, of the show. Uh, you know, if, you, if you're married long enough, I mean, there's ebbs and flows in a relationship. Somebody's going to lose a job, at one, you know, or, or transition, or there's going to be issues. No one goes unscathed. I often think about those issues as, you know, as depending upon the character of each individual. If, 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 if all this, what if, what if, uh, a person gets sick, and now all of a sudden the, the, the other individual's got the pressure on them and all those things. Uh, you know, I, depend, I look at the person, as, 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 you know, as, as the character in the person. Are they going to hold it over somebody? And in a lot of ways, somebody may just feel that heat even if their spouse is not 
holding it over their head or something like that. They may feel like they're not contributing. So there's a lot of different, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, ways that can happen, but definitely interesting. Yes. And if you're not feeling good about yourself, you may overpower, overvalue your partner and undervalue yourself. That's a great point. That's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. You know, we've all had that, uh, you know, you're having a bad week and you may be sensitive and you may be, you know, feeling things that, you know, may or not, may not be there. It just may be your view on yourself and how you're feeling that that particular week. And when, you know, if you're married for any uh, length of time, you know, th those things are going to happen. And hopefully, uh, you know, people develop their relationships when situations like that happen. But it's, it's a, a valid point. This is the Relationship Show with Dr. Allison Nirenberg and friends. Only one friend uh, with us today. Jay Doc will be here for the full hour, and we send uh, well wishes along to Jeff. Help, we'll be sure um, that he will return with Dr. Allison uh, next week. As we go into the commercial break, a reminder, No Perfect Love is the title of Dr. Allison's book. Back in a moment. Thanks for listening to The Relationship Show with Dr. Allison Nirenberg and Friends, supported by the Keystone Center in Chester, PA, part of United Health Systems. The show returns after this timeout. Read, learn, and enjoy No Perfect Love by Dr. Allison Nirenberg. Explore the origins of perfectionism. Learn how it keeps our relationships stuck in a cycle of disappointment, anger, and resentment. Dr. Allison has shattered the myth of happily ever after, moving couples from Disney princess pipe dreams into the real world where even the best of relationships is far from perfect. Get your copy of No Perfect Love by Dr. Allison Nirenberg. Available at major and independent bookstores and online booksellers. With 30 years of personal injury experience, attorney Jeff Nirenberg knows how devastating an injury can be. Your life literally will change in a split second. You need an attorney like Jeff who represents his clients with compassion while holding the individual or company accountable to the law. If the negligence of someone else caused a motor vehicle or work-related accident, contact Jeff Nirenberg of Nirenberg Law online at phillypilaw.com. Don't go it alone. PhillyPILaw.com or call 215-569-9100. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givenish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you... It's, it's, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givenish. Customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was it was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And uh, um, again, just another uh, shout out to this place for, for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. Life Celebrations by Givenish. Customizing services as unique as the individual. And welcome back, everyone, to The Relationship Show with Dr. Allison Nirenberg and friends as we broadcast to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Money, sex, and power is the um, bullet points for conversation today. Dr. Allison, I'll turn it over to you. 
Hi, I am so glad to be back with Deborah Kaplan as our guest. Deborah is a licensed therapist, author, and speaker specializing in sexual compulsivity and addiction, money and relationships. Deborah provides individuals and couples tools to successfully harness their authentic power. She is the author of For Love and Money, Exploring Sexual and Financial Betrayal in Relationships, and Battle of the Titans, Mastering the Forces of Sex, Money, and Power in Relationships. Her upcoming book, Coupleship, Inc., From Financial Conflict to Financial Intimacy, will be out in early 2023. Deborah speaks to global audiences and is an invited guest on podcasts and financial media outlets. You can learn more at www.debracaplancounseling.com. Welcome to the show, Deborah. Thank you, Allison. It's a pleasure to be here talking with you and friends. Yes, we're so glad to have you. So I wanted to start off by asking a little bit about you. How did growing up in your family impact your work in this field? It's an excellent question for me, but also for listeners to think about what the roots of their families helped bring forward in their interests and their approach to life later on. So specifically, my parents were married for 50 years. My dad actually passed right after their 50th anniversary. And I was one of three children. And we back then, which will date my age, I sat in the back of our black DeSoto. Mm. I was the middle child. I sat in the middle seat. And I would listen and watch my parents bicker and fight and argue, often about money. And I learned so much. Uh, I didn't really even know as a child and then as a young adolescent what I was seeing. But what I really began to watch and learn implicitly and, and sometimes explicitly was how power is negotiated in relationship or to, the, to this point how my parents negotiated power. Because my dad seemed to always be the one to control the money. That's what it, that's what it appeared to me from the backseat. And yet, to hear my mom say it many, many years later when I was writing Battle of the Titans and interviewed her for the book, she said he could no more control me than I let myself be controlled. I chose not to engage. He had no choice. Yeah. And that was a huge shift for me as the adult looking back over those years. Deb, Joe, wants, Joe wants to jump in here. He's got a point. Deb, you got, that's a great, great point. Uh, you, you know, you, you think about it uh, as a married person, the only, uh, you know, before you, uh, you know, get into a relationship, the only reference point you have are your parents. The only, it's typically the only thing that you see, uh, you know, growing up in those particular areas. And, uh, you know, like you said, um, it, it, it certainly uh, creates a foundation, um, you know, for your own behavior uh, or at least knowledge in, 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 in that, that particular area. Completely. It, right. It, as you're talking, it brought up my own family of origin. And what I thought about was how everything changed in my parents' marriage when my mom went back to the workplace. My mom didn't work till I was about 10 or 11. I guess she did work, but she worked in the home, I guess. It was. She took care of us. Sure. But I, when she went back to the workplace, my dad stopped drinking. There was less pressure on him financially to be the sole breadwinner, and it, it changed the dynamic. So my takeaway message was, as a woman, you got to work. 
you got to take care of yourself and be able to be independent so that nobody drinks or, or goes out of control. So interesting. Yeah, it, it helps imprint, uh, I'm going to throw a word uh, term out here that is not mine. It's called money scripts, uh, much more coined by Ted, doctors Ted and Brad Klontz and Rick Kaler, that we learn what money means and we have scripts around money. But that aside, what you're all both referencing and what I'm also sharing is how relationship, relationships negotiate who does what and how is money shared and how is that power negotiated? It is very difficult at the, under the best of circumstances. Deborah, as I was reading your book, you mentioned a term called relational currency. And I think that relates to what you're talking about. But I would love you to describe that so the audience knows what you're talking about. Yeah, relational currency is what each partner brings to the relationship. In other words... A uh, a partner, uh, whether it's the husband or the wife or two wives, two husbands, doesn't matter. If a individual decides I'm going to go and I'm going to work and I will uh, provide financially for the family, while you other partner may choose to stay home and, as you said, Allison, your mom worked in the home. That was the currency. That was what she brought and contributed of a non-monetary, right? It could be monetized, but it was a non-monetary contribution. It allowed your dad to go do the work. And then later on, she shifted and she went and brought money home and things had to be renegotiated in their in your family. In my family, um, relational currency, my mom brought, uh, what she brought to the marriage was raising the kids and then later on, she was not willing to do that anymore. She raised us, but now she wanted to work outside the home. And my dad became a therapist. And he brought emotional connection to this relationship, to their marriage. Although that was very difficult for my mom. Because that was not something she either could handle or even engage in. But some marriages are much more concrete. Someone brings the intellect. Someone brings the social Entree, someone brings the academic um, fortitude, age, someone brings age. It can be really the currency is what two people really are attracted to each other. And what it, they it makes marriages seem like a business. It is a business. Yep. Interesting. I'm listening to what you're saying and I mean, my, my mind is exploding here because, you know, when you think about it, you know, and, and uh, Deborah, you, you mentioned your perspective of your parents and how, you know, it affects your, it's, you know, there's two people in this marriage, okay? They each have their own, uh, you know, their own individual experiences growing up. Yeah. And if they're different, and, and those areas are not, like when you're younger, you're not thinking, uh, you know, when you meet somebody, say you're, you know, 19, 20, 21, whatever, um, you're not developed in those areas. You can't even imagine those areas. Then you get into uh, th that scenario, and then all of a sudden, it could it could go anywhere. Um, you know, amazing how two people with different backgrounds in particular areas, even if they're from the same same social uh, kind of area, um, how it impacts each other in such a different way. Well, and it's also we evolve as human beings. I mean, for for my family, when my mom went back to work, she gained a lot of self esteem. 
And so some of the things that she couldn't put up, she put up with before, she didn't want to put up with. And so, so much of it is the deals we make earlier on in a relationship, in a long-term relationship that lasts decades, were all about evolving sure. and changing. For sure. And yet, here's the interesting thing for, you know, Allison and Joe, both of you are saying this, but I want to put a fine point on it, that two people who come together, and as I write, as I write under a cosmic haze of limerence and lust and attraction, unfortunately, the very conversation two people, if they're going to build a life together, have, should have, but don't, is how will we negotiate life financially together? Yes. And that is not a conversation that two people end up having until after the fact. So, so I want to talk, you mentioned a couple of things, and I want to make sure I, I ask you these questions. But um, you talked about a lot of eroticized rage, which I talk about with my patients. But the question is, how do you see anger and sex playing out in a relationship? Exactly. I was wondering where sex comes in, yeah. So um, eroticized rage, is that what you said? I didn't hear Yes, I talked about the okay. concept of eroticized rage. And I also wanted to, to know, how do you see anger and sex playing out in a relationship? Okay, thanks for clarifying. There's also a, a term I coined, monetized that was my next question. The, You're ahead of me. Yeah, <laughs> and the interplay of both of those. So, for example, I was working with uh, a couple the other day, and this couple is certainly not a one-off. They are one of many couples I hear this. There is a sexual infidelity in the marriage, in the relationship. Committed marriage doesn't matter. And in this particular case, the husband who projected all of his anger about not getting his needs met on the wife, goes and has several affairs and acts out sexually, compulsively, and lies, and there's fidelity and betrayal in the marriage. That also can bring a level of money and abuse and control of money in the service of sexual acting out. In some cases, to get even, Revenge, humiliation, retaliation, that can certainly play out sexually. To get even with my partner if my partner isn't who I want her, them to be, or they're not what I want him to be, that can play out sexually, and it can also play out financially. And at times, I've seen this, and Allison, I'm not sure if you have, but I would love to hear your thoughts, where there is sexual infidelity at times, financial betrayal or monetized rage is the revenge to level the playing field. Oh, completely. And therefore, I can tell the you, credit card debt. Deborah, I can tell you I've heard it so many times um, that when there's affairs, when there's mistreatment, um, how the wife wants to go out shopping. You know what? Screw him. I'm going to buy what I want. You know, I'm going to look the other way right. and I'm going to treat myself because I'm hurting in so many deep ways. Exactly. And to their detriment, right? Because they are depleting their financial resources before their very eyes. And the long after the sexual betrayal may be healed or discovered and or final, the financial abuse and detriment can last for months, even years. 
Yes, and I've seen it go the other way around, too, when it's a husband who wants to spend money because he's hurt that the wife isn't giving him attention. So I, I think oh, absolutely, it, it all plays itself out. This is The Relationship Show with Dr. Allison Nirenberg and Friends. Her special guest today, Deborah Kaplan. We'll have more with Deborah after the break. If you want to connect directly with Dr. Allison Nirenberg, drop her an email, healingrelationshipspa.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Allison Nirenberg. I am a licensed psychologist who has been treating patients for the past 22 years. I am a compassionate, dynamic, and interactive psychologist who wants to help you live your best life. For me, it is important to have a common sense approach to therapy and be down to earth. If you choose to work with me, you will find me to be honest, direct, and kind. The feedback that I receive most from patients is that I'm authentic and real and care deeply about the people I work with. I also am a very positive person who focuses on my clients' strengths in order to help them heal. In particular, I am passionate about working with individuals who are recovering from addictions to alcohol, drugs, food, sex and love, as well as struggles in their relationships. I also work well with infidelity issues, codependency, transitions in life, and love to teach practical skills on how to get along with difficult people. In general, I work really well with individuals who have the life goal of loving others and being loved. Values that I bring to my work are honesty, warmth, and holding myself and others accountable. I use my many years of training and clinical expertise to help you live a meaningful life of integrity. Whether you work with me or one of my competent clinical associates, what I can tell you is that we will be loyal, strong, and supportive of you through the entire process. In this practice, I integrate philosophies from the psychological, medical, and self-help communities in order to treat the whole person. I believe in collaborating with others and have built a treatment team of the best clinical staff in the area to support you on your healing journey. I also really believe in the power of psychotherapy. A genuine, caring, therapeutic relationship can be a safe place to begin your journey. I would be honored to be a part of it. With 30 years of personal injury experience, attorney Jeff Nirenberg knows how devastating an injury can be. Your life literally will change in a split second. You need an attorney like Jeff who represents his clients with compassion while holding the individual or company accountable to the law. If the negligence of someone else caused a motor vehicle or work-related accident, contact Jeff Nirenberg of Nirenberg Law online at phillypilaw.com. Don't go it alone. phillypilaw.com or call 215-569-9100. Read, learn, and enjoy No Perfect Love by Dr. Allison Nirenberg. Explore the origins of perfectionism. Learn how it keeps our relationships stuck in a cycle of disappointment, anger, and resentment. Dr. Allison has shattered the myth of happily ever after, moving couples from Disney princess pipe dreams into the real world where even the best of relationships is far from perfect. Get your copy of No Perfect Love by Dr. Allison Nirenberg. Available at major and independent bookstores and online booksellers. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. 
We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go to get your spin on. Go to get your spa on. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go for the stakes and the steak. Isn't it time you found a better view in Atlantic City? Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanec.com. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. And back here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in on this Sunday morning, The Relationship Show with Dr. Allison Nirenberg and friends. And we continue, Allison, before I turn the mic back over to you. Uh, to send well wishes along to your other friend Jeff, who uh, will not, who isn't with us today, but promises to return back in the chair and join J Doc uh, one week from today. Back to you. Thanks, Joe. That's so thoughtful. Um, I hope he's doing better too. Okay, so let's go back to the questions. How, Deb, how do you help couples who are struggling with these dynamics? The couple that comes in and and says we are arguing, we have these arguments, um, he's spending money, she's spending money, he had an affair, she's having an affair. I want to help the couple get to their goals. My, as I see it, it isn't what I want for the couple. And I want to hear from the individuals involved if, one, they want to work on their relationship. Two, what is it they'd like to see this relationship become? And then three, what do they each think their role is in contributing to their problem or their dysfunction at the moment? Because so, I'm their guide. Yeah, It's so important to have them own the problem. What is your piece? Right. You know, what is hurting right. you? What do you want to change? So it's right. not us as and therapists trying to take over, but really listening to the, where the pain is. Exactly. And as you know, they'll come, a couple comes in and says, basically, help me, but, but fix this for me. And I tell them, I will help you help yourself. And inevitably, what I hear is a blame of the other. Yeah. That's the first place we start off in. She did this, he did that, they did this, and I'm angry. And I, I, I want to see the level of ownership. I joke that sometimes I feel like Judge Judy, where I'm supposed to come up with the, who's right and who's wrong, and, and, and really, I'm, I'm just here to help them come to their own terms. Yeah, and I'm sitting here listening, and I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, you have two people in a relationship. Each one has, now look, I'm not a therapist, I'm, I'm a, a married guy, right? And so I'm, I'm a listener right now, Joe Krause and I talk about that all the time. <laughs> and so, and I've been married for 37 years. And I, you know, certainly I don't want to get in our, you know, we would take hour, but the point is. Oh, I think we should. Yeah, Joe. why not, Joe? <laughs> I tell you, you know, well, before I get into that, I just want to say this: How do you avoid, as therapists, and I want to ask Deborah, and of course Dr. Allison, how do you avoid? You have a conversation. I bring my wife in. We're having this conversation, and 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 you lay it on the table. But there's two people there. They have two separate often, obviously, point of views. Do you counsel the couple or each one individually? Why don't you go first with that, Deborah, Deborah Kaplan here? I'd love to hear your opinion on that. 
to your point, they're the couple who comes in, Joe, and therefore that's who I'm working with. And I want to know what parts of each of them, because there are parts of all of us, a part of me thinks this, another part of me thinks that. I ask each individual to contribute to their own marital or relational success. So I'm really asking both of them to put down their defenses and in the ways of therapy and in the art of therapy that what happens is that there's um, no fault or blame here. There's accountability and responsibility. And and I go for that. Deborah, Deborah, and I go for, I want to be an advocate for the couple. I want to be an advocate for the love that has not been broken. How can we fix whatever bit of love that they bring into the room and how can we help them go from there? I was similar to in your book, you mentioned how you, when you're counseling a couple, you uh, ask them about their story. And I, I do too. In a first session with somebody, I always ask about the love story. How did you meet? What brought you together? How did you meet? And where, and where did that love go? Yes. Where do you each think it went? And what, what, do, what happened from your perspective? It, it's it's really fascinating. It, it's interesting because uh, the conversation that we're having right now in a lot of ways is, you know, you know it's almost like collateral damage. When you, yeah. when, when you have a relationship, a long-term relationship, and they're stressing it or whatever the situation, it often, you know, the, the, the actual effects impact uh, a sex life and uh, money and all those and, and all those things. So, in in a, in a sense, in a sense, this and it sounds like you know both of you are talking about this. Um, the, the the money and the sex and, and the sex life is is often one of the first areas that's impacted. Uh, but you know, in, in my house, money's never impacted, so I just put it on the table <laughs> and I gotta ask for it. <laughs> but my, my, but <laughs> that's a power dynamic it, too. Yeah, it is. You know, I know who the boss is. But but, but having said that, um, yeah, I mean, are, are those tip, are those areas typically symptoms of uh, other problems? And I find that they are sometimes. Sometimes when there's a sexual problem, for example, it's really that there's resentment and anger that haven't been played out. And that's where some one partner was hanging uh, sex over the other partner as, as almost a punishment? Control. You know what? I might not be able to control a lot, but I can control when and how often we're having sex. I might not be able right. to control a lot in my life, but I can control how much I'm spending or how much I'm going to lecture you for not spending or for spending too much. Right. And also because this is how much you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you back. And how can, uh, what can I use to do that? Retaliation. Deb, I I also have another question from your book. I have one more question. Um, A lot of what you talked about, I got and I understood for many, uh, counseling for many years, but you talked about something that I hadn't really heard about. uh, And I liked it. It was interesting. What is the dark triad? The dark triad refers to some traits of theory in which a person's behavior, if you will, takes in a set of a distinct set of personality and characteristics, ruthlessness, fearlessness, impulsivity, self-confidence, focus, coolness, under pressure. All of us along the continuum have a sense of all of those traits. But when those are dialed up and all come together to act in the service of exploitation and control, We are now on the furthest end of the power dynamic or the power spectrum where it's dark because we are coming to bring very uh, malignant narcissism, psychopathy, and antisocial behavior into a relationship. 
That is not the person who argues with his or her wife or with his, her husband. This is abuse, but it is um, dangerous and often can use sex. We, we brought in eroticized rage before. Uh, rape is a form of this very dark triad, part of what's in the dark triad, and financial domination and control. But to all the listeners out there who, I don't want to get off on a tangent, financial domination is also a part of kink, but when money is used to exploit, control, and abuse, that is all within the construct of the dark triad and what the consequences of a relationship is when it involves that. And so, Deborah, in a sense, it almost seems like um, you're talking about, you know, there could be a difference in a couple when somebody's using sex, money, or another particular as a weapon and, and takes it to an extreme situation um, where it gets out of control. I could say it better. Exactly, Joe. Great. I, yeah. I think it's important to talk about it. We, I mentioned earlier in the first segment about the Me Too movement and holding men like Harvey Weinstein accountable and how, you know, how our culture is changing in the sense that things that we put up with in the past are no longer acceptable. Yes. And to the, the point when, when we began the segment about you know, how do I work with couples, I advocate to, for the empowered couple not for one to be falsely empowered over another or for one to feel less than, but for each individual to bring their self-worth and most authentic empowered self, which makes for a strong, loving connection. Well, and it brings up for me, not coming from an evil perspective or from a taking advantage, but at times in my marriage when I was struggling, when our kids were really little and I had a lot on my plate as a working mother, I would spend more than we could. I, I tried to treat myself with buying shoes because I felt like I needed an outlet. I needed something to make myself feel better because I was tired and depleted. So kind of owning my own piece in this of where I could be healthier. Well, you're, we're all human. And, and I say, and by the way, getting into how you address this is a whole nother show. By the way, this is a start of a series, okay? <laughs> I mean, thinking about this, I mean, it goes, there's, it opens up so many Pandora's boxes. But I imagine when you're, when you're, when you're uh, you, know, you know, doing a therapy session with a couple that has these issues, accountability has to be uh, objective number one. Am I, am I correct there? It, it is. But I also think as therapists, we need to be in check that instead of looking at it as these people who have this problem, it's looking at this as something we all struggle with at times. We all struggle with spending when we're feeling hurt or feeling depleted, or we look at, you know, our peace in, in our own relationships. And I think we, you know, we do better when we're more transparent and are aware of our own issues. Do you agree, Deb? I do absolutely agree. That is one of the reasons I wanted to put my own story into this book, because I do not sit in judgment of any individual or couple who comes in. I am as fallible as human and imperfect. And what I connect to in a couple is the embassy, yeah. because I've been there, because I may not walk their shoes or their path, but I understand what it's like to have conflict or observe it in the family system as I did with my parents. And I love the fact 
that couples are willing to come in and talk about it. I feel, I, I mean, I'm really, uh, I feel so unfortunate. It feels to me unfortunate if there were a couple out there and hopefully the, the listeners who will take some away from the show that the couple who chooses not to talk about it or to come in and get help because someone like yourself, Allison and myself, and even Joe, friends of yours, you see things from outside the bubble. And we all can see things that a couple involved in their own dynamic cannot. So my favorite part of your book, Deb, was the fact that you did use your own story and you did talk about, you know, your own behaviors and your own background. I thought it made it much more um, accessible for the reader and it made it much more real and authentic. So I, I just want to commend you Thank on that you. piece. Deborah, Thank you. Deborah Kaplan, special guest today of Dr. Allison Nirenberg. Uh, great two segments, uh, Deborah. Thank you so much for being a part of the Relationship Show with Dr. Allison Nirenberg and friends. Do we want to bring her back for the last one to answer some questions with us? We can do it. If Deborah's available, we can do it. Deborah, you good to hang around? We'll take a quick break and come back on the other sure. side. Perfect. Great we'll stuff. Great. All right. We'll take a commercial break. You're listening to Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Watch for Dr. Allison Nirenberg on an upcoming edition of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Listen here on 1210 WPHT or watch on 6abc.com. Read, learn, and enjoy No Perfect Love by Dr. Allison Nirenberg. Explore the origins of perfectionism. Learn how it keeps our relationships stuck in a cycle of disappointment, anger, and resentment. Dr. Allison has shattered the myth of happily ever after, moving couples from Disney princess pipe dreams into the real world where even the best of relationships is far from perfect. Get your copy of No Perfect Love by Dr. Allison Nirenberg. Available at major and independent bookstores and online booksellers. With 30 years of personal injury experience, attorney Jeff Nirenberg knows how devastating an injury can be. Your life literally will change in a split second. You need an attorney like Jeff who represents his clients with compassion while holding the individual or company accountable to the law. If the negligence of someone else caused a motor vehicle or work-related accident, contact Jeff Nirenberg of Nirenberg Law online at phillypilaw.com. Don't go it alone. PhillyPILaw.com or call 215-569-9100. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givenish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you... It's, it's, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givnish. Customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was it was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And uh, um, again, just another uh, shout out to this place for, for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. Life Celebrations by Givnish. Customizing services as unique as the individual. And back here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, this is The Relationship Show with Dr. Allison Nirenberg and friends. Our final segment should be a good segment. Buckle in. This is going so quickly. I'm really enjoying it. So 
Let me share with you a couple letters I got from listeners um, talking about some similar issues that we're talking about today. The first was, Dear Dr. Allison, I am so angry with my husband. He has been so controlling about our finances and is constantly yelling at me for spending. I like to buy clothes for my 18-month-old daughter. I'm really tired between going back to work and taking care of her. He's managing all of our money and being really mean to me anytime I buy anything at all. What should I do? From frustrated Fran in Philly. Well, that's, a, that's an amazing question. <laughs> I, I, it's a great question. I like. Can I dive in? Yeah, please. Sure. Um, the first thing, if that were a client, but in this case it's uh, Fran, I would have Fran ask herself, how old do I feel when my husband is yelling at me and he's being mean? Because oftentimes our reactions as adults are really driven by what is unresolved from an earlier age and that our parent-child dynamic around money and control can find its way in and that might be happening for Fran. Now, clearly, there has to be an awareness of if the husband, if, if her husband is being controlling or anxious about how much money they're spending, it, it really deserves a conversation. But I would validate that she's feeling controlled and that she has to say something in order not to build resentment more than she already feels. I agree, Deb. I also think it's important for her to look at, is this something she's doing because she's so depleted and tired? And is France overspending? Is there any part that's reality? So owning her piece of, okay, I'm feeling angry, upset, going back to work has been hard, and I'm overspending. Or is it just that he's being incredibly controlling? So I think I would be asking lots of questions from the couple. And for the guy, from the guy's standpoint, I'm just jumping in here. Please do. You know, it may be her husband, maybe there's financial situations, maybe he's feeling the stress, maybe it's not a dominance issue, maybe that, maybe she's overspending and it's impacting their finances. That's just a practical sense. That's just, uh, you know, throwing that in there. And from the male's perspective, there may be some fear. You know, there's a change in the life. All of a sudden, there's a baby. Yeah. It used to be the two of them. Now there's three in the family. And is underneath his control and the meanness, is he scared? So I, I yeah, want to I can go, go a little deeper. I could speak personally from growing up that my dad, when his anxiety about money, we, I was one of three, he was the breadwinner. And while he did provide for the family, it was not without high anxiety about how much that money gets spent. So here's that dynamic. My mom's doing the spending, he's doing the earning, but he can't control what's getting spent but tries to. Yes. He can. Obviously, my mother's not uncontrollable. So notice how... All of us have a perspective, a very different facet of how the couple is handling it. And I, Joe, I love your approach. I love your perspective because you're right. There's, there can be some fear about change. And I think it's also important to tell Fran, who's out there listening, to, if possible, get into couples therapy so that there's a place that's safe to really look at these issues because you have a young child and it's important to really look at these issues. Um, I want to go to the next question. Move it along. We have another letter. Dear Dr. Allison, sex has been an issue in our marriage. My wife likes to flirt with men where she works. She's constantly dressing in tight clothing and flirting with male friends. They're constantly texting each other. 
when we went to a party last week, she didn't even talk to me at all and instead talked to every other guy in the room. She tells me she's too tired for sex with me. When I try to talk to her about it, she says it's all in my head and that I'm crazy. How do I change this dynamic from Frank from Fishtown? Frank, can I jump in here? Please. Please. You're our guest. We want your opinion. <laughs> this, this Frank's perspective, excuse me, Frank's uh, letter could be a whole episode really unto itself. Because what I'm really hearing here is uh, a concern that is not his concerns that are not being validated. And what often happens in this very common dynamic, the behavior of one partner, of one of the spouse, that says, don't worry, there's nothing to see here, just mind your business and we're all good, discounts. So he's being and feeling discounted, ignored, not listened to, invalidated. And I will admit that his wife's behavior sounds on the surface problematic. We don't know, of course, when, if they were to come into a session, that's his perspective. We need to hear what's happening for his wife. That, but on the surface, that behavior sounds a bit problematic. That's helpful, Deborah. I appreciate that perspective. I guess I would hear about the jealousy. I mean, I hear there's a lot of jealousy from sounds his perspective. Like yes. And I would also wonder, there's a term in psychology we've been talking about recently called gaslighting. When somebody tells you you're crazy, it's all in your head. You're just imagining things. And I think that's kind of what Deborah is talking about, how it really negates reality for you. Well, go ahead, Deb. I'm sorry. Yeah, very much so. But uh, this type of what he's also perhaps seeing and does not yet understand is that his wife might be flirting for sure. But I would ask the wife, if your behavior is something that is important to you, yet brings such discomfort into your marriage, are you overvaluing your behavior over the connection you have with your husband? And let's talk about that. There's so many good points that we could go to with this. And unfortunately, we are running out of time. So I am going to have to close this up by thanking you, our amazing guest, Deborah Kaplan. And we're coming to the end of the fastest hour on radio. And it's been a great show. If you want to order the book, no Perfect Love, feel free to order it on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, or in indie bookstores. Also, feel free to pick up one of Deborah Kaplan's books there as well. Thank you to my team, Joe Krause and Joe Dougherty, and thank you to the listeners for tuning in to The Relationship Show with Dr. Allison Nirenberg and friends. You've been a great audience. Till next time, this is Dr. Allison Nirenberg wishing everyone a wonderful week. Until next time, keep taking chances and opening up your heart for love. Thanks for listening to The Relationship Show with Dr. Allison Nirenberg. For more information or to contact Dr. Allison, just go to healingrelationshipspa.com. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded.